Uh, before we get started, I just want to uh, thank all of you who participated this year in our Operation Christmas Child. Uh, over here to my left, we have packed up and ready to go 1,100 boxes to go out to 1,100 children. Could we just thank God for that this morning? Um, I tell you, I, I was thinking about just that ministry and the reality of this morning we're sitting here and we look over here to the left and we see a bunch of cardboard boxes and inside those boxes we know that there are uh, shoe boxes, there are gifts uh, that are going out for, the, for children, but also knowing that each one of those boxes represents a child who on the other end, somewhere in this world, is going to receive that shoe box and they're going to get maybe for the first time in their life a Christmas gift. And that gift is going to come from you. And I just thank God that he gives us the opportunity to participate in something like that. But greater than that, I'm thankful also that not just that he would receive a gift or she would receive a gift from you, but also that they would receive the gift of salvation, the gift of knowledge and who Christ is or whatever it is that God is doing in their heart. I, I do know this, that with that gift, when they open it up, that not only will there be a toy inside, but there will be the message of Christ inside. And so for that, I'm so thankful, amen? And so uh, just thankful that, that we get to participate in that great ministry and what an amazing time. And this morning, as we prepare to just open up with the word of God, I would just, uh, a prayer to God, I would like to pray for those children who are on the receiving end of this. I also wanna just thank our, our student ministry who came out yesterday to pack that up. Uh, Ross had sent me a, a video last night uh, of all the students that were here working and packing those boxes up. And so Ross, they were doing a, a great job and I appreciate y'all putting that together for us and, and, uh, and just coming out and being a part in that way. And, and then finally, before we pray, um, I don't know how many of you knew this or not. Uh, it's, it's probably one of my greatest times of the year, but this week is Thanksgiving weekend, amen? How many of you are excited about Thanksgiving, spending time with family, or um, I don't know about you, but uh, it's one of my, my favorite holidays of the whole year, and, uh, and it's not really, well, I guess it really is about the food. I was gonna say it's not, but it, no, it, it's, it's really not. I, I do enjoy that time of just getting around the table with family and, and spending that time breaking bread together and, and just feasting but it's really more about just what we're thankful for, amen? And, and I know for us uh, that are gathered in this room today that there is so much that we can be thankful for. We're thankful for our families and we're thankful for you know, what God has done in our life. And so this morning, as we were just sort of processing, uh, or as I was processing this time together and this time of worship, I was just reminded of just how much we have to be thankful. So this morning as we pray, uh, I wanna pray for the, the children that are gonna receive these gifts. I wanna pray just a prayer of thanksgiving to the Lord for all that he's done in our life and, uh, and then pray for the message as well. So let's pray together here this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, God, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for the opportunity we have to gather here today and, and to just worship you in spirit and truth. And God, just how incredible it is to know that Lord, each and every day, we have the privilege as believers and followers of Christ Jesus to walk in your presence. And God, knowing that you are, are just looking to do incredible things in our heart uh, and for us, God, we, we're just so thankful uh, that you care so deeply for us. God, we thank you for the children 
that these boxes will go to. Lord, as we think about our engagement in this ministry and the opportunity we have to package these boxes, Lord, we know that these children will be children that we probably will never, ever meet this side of heaven. But God, we just pray that, Lord, uh, the testimonies would continue throughout the world of people who are able to say that they received a box, and in that box, God, there was a few toys, but, Lord, also in that box was the greatest news that they had ever heard. And so, Father, I pray for the children that are on the receiving end of that. And Lord, we just offer up our thanksgiving to you. We are so thankful as children of God, Lord, to be uh, for the things that you have accomplished in our life. Lord, we, th- we are thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. And Lord, I pray that as we dive into your word this morning, that we would be encouraged, that we would just be excited about all that you wanna do in this moment today. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we're continuing a series called Seasons that we launched last week. It's just a three-part series But I feel like that in this series, God is really helping us to prepare for what may be a new season in our life. And so, you know, I was just thinking about just the timing of it. We didn't really plan it this way, but this is sort of a prelude to January, which is a new year. And so as we approach that, and that's coming quicker than we can imagine, that that, uh, anytime we see a new year coming, we, we know that for some of us, that could be a time where Maybe things might be uh, welcomed as a new season. We may be excited about just sort of starting off a new year uh, and, and hoping for a better year than maybe last year. But for some of us, maybe it's been a great year as we've walked through uh, 2000, what is it, 18? That's right, 18. Uh, it's that old mind that we're, you know, I just about said 17. I was like, wait a minute, that was quite a while back. But anyway, but as we've walked through this year, uh, you know, for some of us, maybe it's been a great year. And, and so as we are, we know that, that 2018 may bring a new season in our life. And, and, and as always, we want to continue to pray that God would just pour out his blessings on our life. But, but no doubt, we start into new seasons. And this morning, I want to I talk to you about trusting God with the unknown. Trusting God with the unknown. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 12. That's where we're going to go. Last week, we were in the the Old Testament. Today, we're in the Old Testament as well. And we're going to be looking at just really a a phenomenal story found here in Genesis chapter 12. You know, for every one of us in here today, we have had those moments of the unknown. We have had circumstances in our life. We have had situations that arise where as we, as bad as we want to look ahead and we want to understand what, what tomorrow might bring or the next week might bring, or even the next month might bring, we know that we can't see that far out. We don't, we don't know what the future holds. And so oftentimes the unknown is one of those times in our life where it, it can bring about sort of uncertainty or fear. It can, it can bring about a, a time of anxiety even in our life. And hopefully if, if those are the things that the unknown sort of do to us where we find ourselves in this place of fear or or just uh, being overwhelmed with the unknowing, that if we find ourselves in that place, it won't last long. But oftentimes, we enter into just long uh, periods of time or seasons in our life where nothing seems to clear up. We still are facing that unknown. Last week, we were talking about living our life and trusting God 
in the wilderness and how the wilderness can be a really tough place, but the unknown can also be one of those things. But in this, at the same time, the unknown can also be exciting. I don't know about some of you, but uh, I love a great adventure, and oftentimes uh, an adventure wouldn't be an adventure if you knew everything that was waiting for you, right? I remember one time I was off with a friend, and we were, we were on a, a, an incredible uh, time together, an incredible journey, a, an incredible adventure, and I remember we just sort of declared together that it was an epic adventure, but it really wouldn't have been that if we'd have just known everything, if everything was spelled out for us. And so sometimes that season of unknown or that season of not knowing can be a time that is also uh, sort of an exciting time for us. And, and so this morning, uh, as we look into Genesis chapter 12, we're going to look back at a guy named Abraham. We're going to look back in the Old Testament. We're going to see uh, the story, and we're going to read together the story of Abraham, not the entire story of Abraham. Abraham's got quite a, a, a lot that the Scripture says about him. But uh, as we look at this, we're going to see just how important it is for us to understand his story and how it relates to us as followers of Christ Jesus. Now, Abraham is one of the most important and impactful people in biblical history and, and throughout Scripture. In fact, uh, aside from Moses, uh, Abraham is mentioned more in the New Testament than anybody else. And so uh, there's no doubt that the, the Scriptures are full of, of, of situations revealing to us the story of Abraham. And we also know that that Abraham was one who, who really accomplished much and, and is very relevant for who we are as believers and followers of Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul describes all believers or followers of Christ as children of Abraham. He does this in his letter to the Galatians. And then James also refers to Abraham as a friend of God. And so this is a man that is worth noting uh, as we study the Word of God, as we think about our life, as we, as we, as we try to understand the things that God is, is, is walking us through, uh, Abraham is certainly one. In fact, he's mentioned as one of the heroes of our faith in Hebrews chapter 11. So he is one that we can look at, we can look at his story, and we can learn from, and that's what I'm hoping that this morning we can do. So Genesis chapter 12, we'll read verses 1 through 4 together, and then we'll dive into uh, the message here this morning. So the, the, the chapter starts off by saying this. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then it says in verse four, so Abraham, he went, and as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And so as I read this text today, I, I think it's interesting that as we, as we look at this text that that there is so much that we can learn from, but one of the key thoughts that I, I thought about as I was just sort of processing this message and looking through this is the fact that true faith is trusting God even when the path is unclear. Let me say that again. True faith is trusting God 
even when the path is unclear. And that becomes something that we really need to understand uh, because so many of us are on journeys of faith where the path is unclear. There are so many times in our life, so many moments in our life where as we continue to live for Jesus, as we continue to carry out our life the best way we can, oftentimes the direction in which we're going seems very foggy and unclear. And so it's in moments like that that we need to understand that true faith is trusting God even in the midst of the lack of clarity. And so for Abraham, God called him to go from everything that was familiar to him and go into the unknown. And that becomes very important. We're looking at a passage where, where God has, has called out and set upon him a calling to go to another place, another destination. In fact, he's, he's, he set him on this course to this other destination. And so as, as Abraham hears the word of God, as he hears the calling that has been placed on his life, he must be faithful to go. Now, before we dive into that, I think it's also interesting that all throughout Scripture, we also see people who, as they live it out their life, they're called to stay. In fact, the Apostle Paul, when he was, when he was uh, writing to the Galatians, he wrote these words, knowing that many of the believers in Christ were, were, were growing weary. He said, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. And so I think it's important that we understand that oftentimes the unknown can be as we are leaving an area and we're pursuing a new destination, but the unknown could also be as we are to settle in for a time at a place where God has just for whatever reason not revealed to us the purpose and the plan for our life. And so as we live out our life, it's important that we understand these truths. But the lesson that we learn the most from Abraham is his commitment to a life of faith, a commitment to a life of faith. This is what we begin to see as we look into Abraham's life. You know, one of the things that we realize as we read this text is the first thing that we really understand about Abraham is that he was a lively and spry 75 years old. I think that's interesting. I mean, here this man is at a, at a time in his life when most people are probably wanting to sort of settle down and just finish out their years. I mean, and, and, and yet here's Abraham at this time in his life where God says, no, I want you to go. I want you to go because I have, a, I have something else for you to do. And yet we see Abraham in this time remain faithful to God. He begins to, he begins to believe God. He trusts in God and he is obedient to go. Now, his family left northern Mesopotamia, which is a city uh, from a city called Haran. And we don't know a lot about Abraham's early life. And I keep calling him Abraham. If you read in this text and you see Abram, it was because it wasn't until Genesis chapter 17 that God changed his name to Abraham. But we know this man is Abraham. And so here it is, this man who is in the ripe old age of 75 years old, God has called him to, to go, to, to take, a, take a journey, to sojourn with him, if you will, uh, and has a purpose in that. And so as he prepares, he gets his family, he gets his, his, his belongings, and he begins this remarkable journey with God. 
Now, as we look at this story, how is this story relevant to who we are? You know, as I think about us and the things that we go through in life, oftentimes knowing that there are things that are sort of an unknown for us, how do we trust God in the midst of that? That's the question for us here this morning. And one of the first things that we see in this story, and I think this is hugely important, is an invitation to walk in God's presence, an invitation to walk in God's presence. Now, I want you to look at this with me because this is very interesting to me. As we look at this text, we, we see this passage, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard this message preached where the emphasis is placed on the going, on, the, on, on Abraham just following through with the calling to go. But I believe that this story is much greater than that. I believe that God's purpose is much greater than just sending a missionary out into the world. I believe it's, it's something that is much more profound than that, and we see it here in the text. As we look at this passage, we see these words where it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house, and look at this, to the land, and this becomes very important, that I will show you. And he says, I will make you a great nation. And then once again, the Lord says, I will bless you. You know what I find very striking about this verse is the fact that these, this verse very profoundly implies that God is gonna lead Abraham on this journey with him. You see, it's not that he's just telling him to go, it's not that he's just giving him a, a new directive and he says, listen, you got everything you need. I want you to take off. No, what is a bigger thing that is happening here in this passage is that, that God is literally inviting Abraham to walk in his own presence. You see, it's God who's gonna go before Abraham, it's God who's gonna go with Abraham, it's God who's going to enable Abraham, it's God who is, who, is, who is leading the way for Abraham as he goes. I don't know how many times I've read this and I've often thought about this man who gets the word from God and then he just heads out the door and he heads on his journey without considering the reality that God is walking with him. God says, come on, Abraham, I'm gonna show you where we're going. I'm gonna show you what is waiting for you. I'm gonna be there with you. I'm gonna be in your presence or rather Abraham's gonna walk in his presence. And so it becomes a lesson as we look at this that becomes very relevant to us whether or not we're a missionary who's going out on the field no matter if we're the person whom God has called to, to pick up our belongings and leave and go to another place, or rather, if we're the person who is seemingly unable to go anywhere or is not receiving the calling to go anywhere, as we sit and we wait with still the uncertainty or the unknown, what we can know is that God has called us to walk in his presence. Here's what I believe for every one of us as a follower of Christ Jesus, as a disciple of the Lord, that we have an opportunity every day to walk in the presence of God, that God is with us wherever we go, that God will never leave us nor forsake us in our life. And so here we see this being 
uh, profoundly implied as God says to him, I will go with you. I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. There's no doubt that God's presence is with Abraham. You know, as I look at this, I think about the times in my life where God has called me to go. I remember probably the most powerful uh, season of my life is when I was processing God's calling to ministry. I had been self-employed for over 14 years and my, my stability or my, my, my um, security, if you will, was the business that I owned. It was, a, it, it was gonna provide the, the finances for the rest of my life. It was gonna be, it was my security blanket, if you will. And so I remember as God was calling me to, to ministry, he was calling me to step away from a business that I had started and that I was involved in and to go into something that I had no idea about at all. He was calling me into ministry. And so in that, I had to trust God with the unknown. I had to trust God that that what I was hearing from the Lord, what I was hearing from him and what he was saying to me was something that I could believe in despite the fact that it was still the unknown that I was entering into. I remember years later when, when, when God called us to leave our first place of ministry and to go off to Southeastern Seminary to continue my education. And it was one of those moments in my life, it was a season in my life where as ministry was going really well, I couldn't really understand why, why I would hear the word of God, the voice of God calling me to another place. Only years later, realizing that it was a place of equipping and that it was there that God would continue to do a work in my life. And then even while we were in North Carolina, hearing once again the voice of God for a new season in my life, which was to leave Raleigh, North Carolina, something my wife was not very happy about because the weather there is beautiful and the leaves turn these amazing colors. And, and so here God calling us back to Valdosta, and I tried to convince her that the gnats and the heat were just as nice. And so anyway, there are these moments in our life where God says, Go. But there have also been moments in my life where as you look around and you wonder, you know, could it be that God is gonna send me again? Could it be that God may be calling me away? And, and it just seems as though the future just seems sort of unclear that the voice that you hear from the Lord is stay. Do not give up. Do not grow weary. Just continue doing what you're doing. And so no matter where you find yourself, you have to remain faithful to what? To the voice of God, to the presence of God. And so again, the big picture in Abraham's story is not him going. The big picture is that God for Abraham was inviting him to walk in his presence. If you look at the, if you look at the area in which in which Abraham was from. This was a place of idolatry. This was a place of paganism. This is a place that was a very dark place, and yet God had invited Abraham to walk in the light. Very profound piece to Abraham's story. And so the question this morning for us is, what might God be inviting you to walk with him through? Maybe for some of us here today, it's blessings. Maybe for some of us here today, it's, it, it's, a, it's a season of blessing where 
things just don't seem as though they could be any better. And, and that's such a wonderful place for, for us to be. It's such a wonderful place when, when we seem to just be just receiving blessing after blessing from God and things seem to be going so well. But maybe for some of us here today, our life is more identified as a, with a season of suffering. And so for whatever reason, whether it's on, the, on one end of the spectrum where, where blessing seems to be the most defining moment of your life or part of your life, or whether you're on the extreme end of that where there just seems to be one hardship after another and one moment of suffering after another, the reality is this, is that God is still saying, you are in my presence. Second thing that we see here in Abraham's story is an invitation to see God's faithfulness. An invitation to see God's faithfulness. In our text, God makes some, some grand promises to Abraham. These are huge promises. These are God-sized promises. These are promises that you and I could never make to another person. These are the promises that come from God. And we see this in the text in verse two when God says this to Abraham. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so here we see no less than five or six promises that God is making to Abraham. And these promises are not just lackadaisical promises. These are big promises that he's making. We read these and we, we just sort of get overwhelmed with, with all that, that God is promising to Abraham. But it's not the receiving of these blessings or the promises that we should get caught up in. That's still, again, not the focus of what, of what we should see here as we look into the text. Because I believe that God has a greater purpose for these blessings and these promises other than just simply blessing Abraham. Now, there's no doubt he's blessing Abraham in these promises. There's a great blessing that comes with what God is saying, I'm gonna do through you, Abraham. But I believe there's a bigger picture here. And one of the things that we begin to realize as we, as we just marinate in this text for a moment is that God is allowing Abraham, he is inviting him to see God's faithfulness. And let me tell you what I'm, what I'm trying to say here. The reality is this, God has made these promises. What is it that's gonna make God look faithful? when God keeps his promises. And so here, you see, God's not just merely giving Abraham these promises, he's saying, when you journey with me, when you sojourn with me, when you walk in my presence and as you go out into the land and as you go where I lead you and where I wanna show you, as you take this path that seems uncertain, I'm gonna bless you in ways that you could never imagine. And he offers to him these promises, but the only way that God would be seen as faithful is if God keeps those promises. And so here he gives Abraham an opportunity to see God's faithfulness. 
How many of us this morning celebrate that God is faithful? That was good, but a little weak. A little better than the first service, but I had to apologize to the Lord for their lack of truly believing that, and I feel like I owe him another apology for for your, how many of you believe God is faithful, amen? There you go. Praise God for his faithfulness. When has God ever let you down, huh? When has he ever let you down? Every promise that we have in God's word God is glorified through him keeping those promises. Every single one of them. And as we live out our life, even in the midst of some of the worst circumstances that we may ever face, we know the promises of God and we also know that God is faithful in keeping those promises. We may not feel much like celebrating if the circumstances are too great, but the reality is we know that God is faithful. Not only does God's word revealed to us the faithfulness of God, but through the things that we have seen carried out with God in our life, we have also seen his faithfulness, amen? We have seen, we have lived through situations in our life where we have seen God come through on the other end. And this is exactly what's happening with Abraham. You see, it's not, I I can only imagine that Abraham, when he heard all of these blessings, he probably would have reacted like you or I would have, where you might, as as just a human being, thought for a moment, why is it that a wretched sinner like me deserves the blessings that you're pouring out? And if we would have stopped right there, we'd realize we don't deserve it. But God uses these blessings and he uses these, pro, these, these promises to Abraham for a greater good. And that good is that we could see his faithfulness. We could see how faithful God is. And that brings us to the last lesson that we learn from this text what we see in this text, what we finally see here is an invitation to live for Jesus. Now, maybe you're sitting here and you're looking at this Old Testament passage and you're going, wait, wait a minute, did you just say Jesus? I don't see Jesus here. Where's Jesus in, in the Old Testament? Where is, where, is, where is this pointing to Jesus? You see, what's really amazing about this text is we see this calling that God has extended to Abraham to go and to leave a dark place and to walk in the presence of God. We see this calling and this invitation. He says, walk with me, Abraham, and you are gonna see my faithfulness. I'm gonna reveal to you that I am faithful. I'm gonna reveal to you that I'm worthy of your praise. I'm gonna reveal to you that I am worthy of your worship and you just follow me, and I'm gonna take you to a place, and you're gonna see exactly who I am. And so as Abraham processes these promises, no doubt he would have been encouraged, no doubt he would have been a bit excited, and no doubt he was faithful and obedient and in surrendering to this calling that God had placed on his life to go. And so he goes, he packs up his belongings, he gathers his family, and he heads out on this journey, this path, this destination that God has given him. 
But there's no doubt in my mind that as he goes and he's processing these promises, he's wondering how it is that God is gonna fulfill each and every promise. It's not that I, I don't think he doubted for one moment that God could do it. He just probably was wondering, well, how is God gonna fill these promises in my life, especially the last one? And I wanna show you this here real quickly. We're almost done. But look again with me at verse three. Here we see in this passage, this verse, where he's, God tells Abraham, he says, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, look at this, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I can only imagine that Abraham, as he heard these words, he thought, how in the world is that even possible? Because you see, there would come a day when Abraham would fade from this earth and yet God was declaring to him that it would be all the families of this earth. He's talking about generation after generation after generation after generation of families to be blessed through this man named Abraham. And that's where we, as we study the word of God and as we look through the scriptures, we begin to realize that here's a huge invitation for us to live for Jesus. As we live out our faith in this world, there will be times when we cannot see the future. There will be times when we wonder how God could do anything for the likes of us. There will be times in our life where we will have to walk by faith and we will not have the answer. So how does God fulfill this last promise that he gave to Abraham? Let me read for you this morning a very familiar passage to us and we'll wrap up with this. John three sixteen through 18 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He goes on to say, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, talking about Jesus, whomever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe him is already, is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. Let me read another one to you. First Peter 3, 8 says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. You see, God would send Jesus thousands of years later after Abraham to fulfill the promise that he once gave to Abraham when he said, all the families of this earth will be blessed through you. You see, if you go to Matthew chapter one and you begin to read the, the genealogy of, of Jesus, one of the first things you see was that Jesus was the son of David and David the son of who? Abraham. God says to Abraham, all the families of this earth 
will be blessed through you. Every one of us sitting here today have a remarkable opportunity, a remarkable opportunity to walk in the presence of Christ because there is a God who is faithful to his promises. He once told a man who was just a man, I will bless the world through you and through his lineage, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to walk on this earth and to live out a sinless life that he would be able to go to the cross, to one day be nailed to that cross, to bleed from that cross, and that his blood would atone for the sins of you and I who call ourselves children of Abraham. Disciples of Christ. You see, my, my point is here today, my friends, is that this may be a story about Abraham, but really it's a story about Jesus. It may be a story about Abraham, but really it's a story of how God took a man and through that man did remarkable things, ultimately sending his son our Savior, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. And so this morning, as we process this story of Abraham, as we think about everything that God is trying to teach us in this story of Abraham, as we think about that season in our life, whether we as a missionary are called to go and we don't know what the future holds, or whether we as just faithful servants of God are just called to, to stay put and there's still the uncertainty, there's still the cloudiness of, of, of what this means. No matter where you find yourself today, there is a God who cares so deeply for you that thousands of years ago, he set into motion a plan of redemption for your life. And so in any moment or season of unknown, one of the things that, that I think about, one of the things that I try to process as I think about walking through and trusting God in the unknown is just remembering that God has invited me into his presence. That wherever I'm at, that God is at work there and that I have an opportunity to be a part and to belong to that great work. It's never about me. It's not about you. It's about what God wants to do in and through you, wherever you are. I also know that God has invited me to stand in awe of his faithfulness, to celebrate the truth that God keeps his promises in our life. And so no matter where you are today, I pray that you don't leave this place without knowing, without believing like a man named Abraham once did, believing in a true God that no matter what you feel today, that you can rely on the promises of God, that you can trust him because he is good. He is a good father. He is an almighty God. And he is all powerful in our life.